some time ago, I was driving down the back roads of, uh, let's just say I was driving down the back roads of a well-known southern state, uh, and I saw something on the side of the road that I had heard of people doing this, I had, I had seen pictures on the internet, but I, I hadn't seen this in person, I hadn't seen this with my own eyes, and there it was, right in front of me. Someone who had used a toilet as a planter. Have you seen people do this? Have you seen people? Lynn, you lived in a southern state for a while and you grow flowers. Did, did you ever do that, Lynn? Not, not in your neighborhood? Probably wasn't allowed in your neighborhood. Anyway, I, I've seen people do this. And, and you have to admit that the flowers are pretty, aren't they? I mean, the flowers are, the flowers are pretty. And, and I've seen a lot of pictures and they were, they're nicely landscaped. But we laugh at something like that, and, and that's the purpose, to, to laugh. Why do we laugh? Because everyone knows that's not what a toilet is designed to do. That's, that's not its purpose. Now, that's not the picture. That's not where I, what I saw as I drove down the road. I, I got that picture off the Internet. Here's a, little, here's a little knowledge for you here. If you go to Google and you type in the words toilet planter, please don't do that during the sermon. Uh, but if you type in the words toilet planner on Google, you get over 17 million responses. Uh, but if you go to Google and you type in the word toilet, you get a little over 700,000 responses, which to me that means that there are quite a few more people using them as planters than just using them. I don't know. Uh, that seems a little off, but that's, that's the way that was working out. And, and one of the pictures I found had... The planter had this nice little garden sign next to it, and the, the garden sign said, smile. And you know, we do. We, we smile because it's ridiculous. We smile because it, it might be pretty. The flowers might be pretty, but we, we realize it's done in fun. And, and there's a message there. The message says, don't take me too seriously. And I think it fits in very well with something that, that Paul was telling his friend Timothy. In 2 Timothy Chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says, Now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use and some for what is, what is dishonorable, some for dishonorable use. How many of you know, how many of you know if I say the word chamber pot, you know what a chamber pot is? You don't, yeah, some of you, you don't plant uh, flowers in a, in a chamber pot. That's not, that's not the purpose. And Paul's saying that in a big house, in a great house, there are all different kinds of vessels. There's all different kinds of pot. Some of them are for displaying. Some of them are for eating. And some of them are for, are for other uses. But then he gets to the heart of what he wants Timothy and, and all of us to understand. He says in verse 21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel of honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. And what Paul is saying is you have to decide what kind of pot you are, what kind of vessel you're going to be, what purpose are you going to fulfill in God's house. We're going to continue to look in 2 Timothy 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 
22 through 26 if you've got your Bibles with you. If you don't have your Bibles with you, that's okay. We've got those blue Bibles in front of you. It's page 996. Uh, if you've got a smartphone and you have the Uversion app, if you go to Uversion today and check in right now, you can, you can pull up my notes off of Uversion. And there's even pictures of toilet planters there for you to, to look at if you're looking at my notes. We're looking at gentleness this month. Gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit. And if gentleness is part of the fruit of the Spirit, therefore gentleness is part of God's character. It is something that we see from God Himself. And there was a time in your life, there was a time in in my life when we needed God's care. We needed His love and we needed His forgiveness. And it was God's gentleness that brought us near to Him. It was God's gentleness that wrapped His arms around us. and, And we are here because God showed us His gentleness. But my guess is, you're here because God showed you that gentleness through someone else. Through somebody who who loved you. Someone who wrapped their arms around you in a difficult time. They were there. So what's it going to look like when we're that person for someone else? What's it going to look like when we are there to show gentleness? That's what Paul is teaching Timothy, and that's what we all need to see for ourselves as we look at this passage. I want to begin there in verse 22. Paul tells Timothy, so flee, flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents. With gentleness, God may, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. When we look at the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about something that not only grows within us. It's not just fruit that grows within our lives. It's fruit that is there to nurture other people. It's there to to nurture others, the people around us. And I think Paul's words here should cause us to ask a couple questions about what exactly we're growing in our lives. For one, it should cause us to ask, does the fruit of the Spirit, does the fruit of the Spirit define the path that our lives are on? Does the fruit of the Spirit define the path of your life? Now there's two words that Paul uses in verse 22 that tell us a lot about our path, that tell us a lot about the, the, the trajectory of our life. Those two words are flee and pursue. What are you fleeing from? What are you pursuing? What is it that you are running towards? If we are truly on a path where we want to please God, where we want to find our fulfillment from Him, where we want to be defined by His character, His fruits, then it's going to be seen in what we flee from and what we pursue. Paul says, flee youthful passions. Some of your Bibles say, flee the evil desires of youth. I mean, that sounds like something a preacher would say, doesn't it? Flee the evil desires of youth. He's writing to Timothy, who's likely in his mid-30s. I mean, shouldn't you be an adult by the time you're in your mid-30s, right? I mean, technically, you ought to be an adult by the time you're in your your mid-30s. So why is he writing, flee youthful passions? (laughs) The older I get, 
the more aware I am of the persistence of those youthful passions. And it it doesn't help that we live in a culture that worships youth, does it? I remember when I turned 30. (laughs) 29 years old. Birthdays the next day, I stayed up till midnight and I watched the second hand tick to, the, to my 30th birthday. My 30th birthday, I watched it tick to midnight and I sat there and thought, if I think hard enough, it will stop, you know? And there's got to be some way I can keep this from happening. And then there it was, I was 30 and for about five minutes I was devastated. And then you know what someone told me on my 30th birthday? 30 is the new 20. I like 20. 20 was fun. 20 was great. 30's the new 20. Awesome. Then I turned 40. You know what they told me about 40? 40 is the new 30. (laughs) 30 worked out great. I can do this again. That's fine. Then I turned 50. And you know what they told me about 50? They said, you're old. You are old now. Things hurt. No, they, they said 40, 50 is the new 40. 50 is the new 40, really? That's the world we live in. And that's the, that's the culture that we, <laughs> that we don't grow up in. And Paul says, there is a time to grow up and there's a time to take a hard look at the path that you're on. Flee from those evil desires of youth. And, and instead, he tells us what we're, what we're called to pursue. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Does, does any of that sound familiar? Righteousness, love, faith, and peace. Yes, some of that's in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and and self-control. It's it's all right there. You know, before Paul lists those, Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. And just a few verses before, he says in Galatians 5, 16, he says, but I say, I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You have a choice to make. What are you going to flee? What are you going to pursue? What's going to be the driving focus of your life? What, what Are there going to be the qualities and the, the virtues of the Christian life? Or are you going to struggle to hold on to that which is temporary? I don't think anyone's telling somebody in their 80s, are they saying to people in their 80s, well, 80 is the new 70. I don't think they do that. I don't think it would matter, does it? You know, maybe it does to you, but, but I don't think people continue to do that. Are we going to struggle to hold on to the things that are temporary or or maybe even the things that are long gone? You know, over the past couple of years, we've seen those big scandals come out in the media. And and we've seen some some pretty huge scandals. I'm thinking of Bill Cosby. I'm thinking of that Harvey Weinstein who I had never even heard of him until until all of this broke. And and I can't speak for you, but part of me looks at what they've done and and along with everything else, I, I see immaturity. And, and, and not, that, not that immaturity, not that youth is an excuse, but, but part of me looks at these guys and say, I think, shouldn't you have outgrown this by now? Shouldn't you have grown up a little bit by now? But Paul has to write, flee, flee the youthful passions. And, and in a culture that, that idolizes youthful passions, this passage confronts us all. It, it's time to grow up. It's time to pursue Godly maturity. What we're pursuing defines our path. It tells us where our lives are heading. And I think there's another question for us here as well. And that question is, does the fruit of the Spirit define 
your conversations? Can the fruit of the Spirit be seen in, in what you communicate? You know, Paul moves really fast here. He moves really fast from what we're pursuing to what we're saying, what's coming out of our mouths. Jesus does the same thing, by the way. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 23, Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If it's in our heart, if in our heart we're pursuing those evil desires, that immaturity, what we want, it won't take long for that to be heard coming out of our mouths. And so Paul goes on and says in verse 23, have nothing, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. <laughs> that sounds pretty harsh. Have nothing to do with them? That sounds really harsh. It also sounds a lot like the world that we live in. The words there, foolish, the, the Greek word, I don't often do this, but the Greek word for foolish there uh, is where we get the word moron from. It's uh, moron, it's uh, morose, it's, it's, it, it means, uh, it, it means well, moronic, it's where we get that. The word, the word ignorant, it's also the word for rude. So what Paul is saying is flee moronic and rude debates. Can I give you a few examples? I, I, don't, need, I don't need to give you examples of what moronic and rude debates. I, I could give you plenty, but you've heard them all. But the problem is, what you think is a moronic and rude debate, someone else looks at as common sense. That's just the way it is, and that's the right way to think. Everybody thinks that their way is the right way. And so they, they, they feel like it's common sense. And so we have a very divided society. We have very divided opinions in society about what's right and what's wrong. We, we look at society that way. We look at politics that way. And we even see those kind of debates in the church. And so it might be hard for us to agree on what's moronic. We might not be able to come to agreement about what is moronic. And so Paul says, look at what they produce. Look at what grows from these kind of debates, these kind of quarrels. He says, you know that they breed quarrels. They breed quarrels. Have you ever known someone who likes to argue just for the sake of arguing? Have you ever been married to something? No, I don't want to say that. <laughs> don't do that. You've known people that like to argue just for the sake of arguing. You know people who will walk into a situation and just kind of throw a grenade in there just to, to see who blows up when they raise a particular topic, to see what, what happens. And I think there's a lot of us that would have to admit, sometimes we say something just to get a rise out of somebody, just to, just to see if it, if it gets a reaction. Is that really what we want to be known for producing? Is that really what we want to be known for, for giving birth to? Quarrels and, and arguments. I mean, here's, a, here's an easy question. Let me give you a quick little quiz. Here's an, easy, here's an easy question. Has Jesus called us to produce quarrels? Anywhere in the Bible, does Jesus call us to produce quarrels? The answer is no. Okay, good. Here's a slightly more difficult answer. What has Jesus called us to produce in our lives and the lives of the people around us. Do you see what I'm pointing at here? He's called us to produce, produce the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, 
and even, and even self-control. But we've got a decision to make. And we can make that decision one of two ways. We could make that decision every time we open our mouths. Or, or every time that we sign on and, and try to type a, com- a comment to something we've seen online. We could make that decision right then. And we're going to probably fail at least half the time, if not more. Or we can make the decision right now. We can decide by what we choose to pursue and what we choose to flee from. And in doing so, you're making a decision on what you're going to produce in our world and what you're going to produce in the lives of the people around you. And what God, what Paul is showing us in this passage is that God has created us, God has created you and me to be vessels that carry gentleness into our world. That Paul leaves no room. There's no room for speculation here. There's no room for questioning. Our job is not to produce quarrels. Look at verses 24 and 25. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Did you see him there? There's kindness. There's patience. There's gentleness. There they are. The fruit of the Spirit, again, not just in theory, not just in a list, but in action, in practice, doing something, changing our hearts, changing our attitudes, and changing the way we interact with other people, and then seeing that change in the lives of the people around us. He goes on in verse 25 and says, God may perhaps grant them repentance based on the way that we react, the way that we interact with people, the gentleness that we show. God may perhaps lead them to repentance, or grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. There's a website, I'm sure many of you have seen it, it's called the Babylon Bee. Is anyone familiar with the Babylon Bee? No? No one? There's a couple of hands. Babylon Bee is a Christian satire site. You've seen the Babylon Bee. It's it's Christian satire, so it's not real. It, it, It tends to poke fun at the news and poke fun at us and poke fun at some of the things that that we do. And and that's the job of the Babylon Bee. It pokes fun at our opinions. It even pokes fun at our quarrels. But so often the headlines that you read on the Babylon Bee, even though they're fake, they are dead on. And they are exactly the attitudes that we carry. A few weeks ago, during the Senate hearings, this headline appeared on the Babylon Bee. Success! After a full day of hearings, everyone believes exactly what they already believed about Kavanaugh. That was the headline. And you're like, you know what? You're right. These arguments don't change anyone's opinion. When was the last time you saw arguing change anyone's opinion on the internet? It doesn't happen. When have you seen someone argued? When have you ever argued someone to your point of view? No, you can't do it. So could there be another way? Could there be a way of gentleness? Last week I mentioned Proverbs 15, verse 1. Proverbs 15, 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I needed to hear that. (laughs) A gentle answer turns away wrath, but but a harsh word stirs up anger. And we've seen that over and over again. We've seen that in our own lives, in our own attitudes. Does anyone even try gentleness maybe the problem is we've forgotten why we're here we're not here to 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 breed quarrels we are here to produce the fruit of the spirit we are here to to let christ be seen in us 
So we need to, we need to, check, we need to check out our goals as, as Paul lays it out here. Paul says in verse 25, he says, God may perhaps, this is our goal, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Our goal isn't just that people know our opinions. Our goal is not just that people agree with us. Our goal is that people would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so much of the anger that you see in our world and you hear in our world, so much of the vitriol that, gets, that we say and that we post, that simply turns people off. And they see absolutely nothing different in Christians than what they see in the rest of the world. Wouldn't it be better if they saw gentleness through us? Wouldn't it be better if, if they saw Jesus? And that's what we're created to do, to, to carry Jesus into our world. God created you to be a vessel that carries His gentleness into our world. Put that picture back up for a moment. Let's look at that again. It's nice to look at, right? Listen to verse 21 again. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use. Set apart as holy, Useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. You know, I'm sure there are beautiful gardens out there somewhere that are adorned with toilet planters. I'm sure they're out there. Beautiful gardens adorned with with toilet planters. But we do that. People do that because it's great for a laugh. They do it because it looks ridiculous. Because everybody knows that's not the purpose that was created for. Are they able to tell what purpose we were created for? Are they able to tell what purpose we were created for by what's coming out of us? By what's flowing from us? By what's growing from us? By what we choose to flee from and what we choose to pursue by our conversations and by what we carry? You know, you've got people in your life and all they hear, you've got people in your life who all they hear is arguments every day. They hear noise all around them. And believe me, one more quarrel coming from you is not going to make a difference. One more quarrel is not going to, is not going to do it. But your gentleness could. And the way that you weave the fruit of the Spirit into your conversations, the way you weave the fruit of the Spirit into the way that you care for them and the, your, your interactions, the way you bring the presence of Christ through His loving and, and caring and, and through the power of God into their lives, The people you encounter, they need that. We all need that. So I'm going to leave you with an assignment this week. You've got homework this week in response. I'm sorry. I did my homework. It's time for you to do yours. I'm going to give you an assignment. James says, do not be hearers of the Word only, and so deceive yourself. James says instead, be doers of the Word of God. Right. So we're going to be doers of the Word of God. There is someone in your life who stresses you out. Isn't there? Is there someone in your life who you find to be quarrelsome? I just want you to shout their name. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't do that. There's someone that, that stresses you out who might be quarrelsome. And you're going to encounter that person this week. And, and when you encounter them this week, I want you to pursue righteousness. 
faith, love, and peace. And rather than quarreling, respond with gentleness. Let them hear it in your voice so that you can know it in your heart and so they can know it in your heart also. And, and I know that right now some of you are thinking, I can't do that because you have no idea how much this person drives me nuts. And I'm going to say, I, I probably don't. I probably don't know how crazy they, they make you. And you're saying, I, I can't do that. Here's the beauty of it. According to what I've just read in the Word of God, and according to what we know of the fruit of the Spirit, when you respond to gen- with gentleness, when you respond with gentleness, it's not you doing it. It's the Holy Spirit in you doing it. You become a vessel for the heart and the character of God. It is the Holy Spirit in you that's responding, working in you and then working in them. And just see what happens when you let Him respond with gentleness. Let's stand and pray. Father, we, we've tried arguing. We've tried quarreling. We've tried forcing our own opinions on others. And none of that has served to lift up Your Son in this world. And all we've done is, is we've, we've proved that we are unclean vessels. And sometimes we've proved that we're even crackpots. We want to step aside from our own desires and we want to pursue the character and the peace that You have for us. So this week, when our passions come to the surface in our conversations, give us the wisdom to turn to Your Holy Spirit and find the gentleness that we need and that those around us need. Let us be worthy of Your name and of Your presence in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.